Hello, welcome, this is TK Sports. Although, my buddy Tyler, who I'm usually doing YouTube videos with, podcast channels with, he's not here. We haven't done a YouTube video and a podcast in a while. I'm Kobe Work, the second part of the TK Sports. And so, I figured, why don't I just do some podcasts by myself? I have a lot to say, I'm thinking a lot um, during these NBA playoffs in particular, and especially for this episode. So I'm going to explain what... I have planned for my podcast now. I want to do a Warriors, A's, Raiders, and have a series for each of those teams. Those are my favorite teams. And so this is a podcast, not really a YouTube channel. I can just focus on those three teams, and it's easier for me to talk about. So if you don't like either of those three teams, then this podcast may not be for you. But if you like one of those three teams, then you don't have to listen to a whole episode just to hear about 10 minutes of me talking about one team. You can actually listen to a whole maybe 15, 20 minutes of just that singular team. So I'm going to try and have a series of each episodes for each team that I want to cover or talk about. Not really cover, but talk about. Um, I have a lot to say. So I figured better late than never for the Warriors. I mean, they're at the end of this season. They're in the Western Conference Finals right now. It is May 16th, a Wednesday, and Game 2 just ended about a couple hours ago. So I figured, let me start tonight. I tried doing a podcast episode after Game 1, although I'm in my house. I don't really have a studio or, you know, somewhere quiet. So I'm in, I'm in my house downstairs, and my dog is making a lot of noise the first time I tried to record an episode after Game 1. So I am doing a solo. This is my first solo podcast I've tried to do by myself, so bear with me a little bit if I repeat myself or... You know, coming to a blank spot and I trying to work through it. I'm not a professional yet. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to work out the kinks as practice for me. So if you think I have something valuable to talk about, valuable to say, you can listen to me. Or if you think I'm terrible, turn me off. Doesn't doesn't matter to me. I mean, this is more for me. But if you guys like it too, that'd be great. So let's just jump into it. I mean, the Warriors just finished their Western Conference Finals Game 2 loss, disappointingly. So do you want to start with the good news or the bad news? I think we'd uh, I'll rather start with the good news. This is going to be more of a Warriors fan-based uh, podcast anyway. We're going to be fan-based, but we're going to be a fact-based podcast. So if you guys just want to, you know, if you guys don't want that homerish view, I mean, I'm not going to be too homerish, but if you guys don't want that, then it may not be for you. I'm going to be trying to be fact-based. I'm going to be real. Uh, so if you can't take that Stephen Curry is the best player in the world, I'm sorry, but then this podcast may not be for you. So, but moving on. Game 2 just ended. We'll start with Game 1. I'll wrap that up. Uh, game 1 was a great game for the Warriors. Uh, tons of action. And the hype coming into the series was so big. I mean, the Rockets, they're, this is probably the biggest series they've had since they've won a championship in their history as a franchise. I mean, that's not an exaggeration either. A lot of people from that organization want to beat the Warriors badly. Daryl Morey, their GM, in particular talked about how obsessed he is with the team, the Golden State Warriors. And if that doesn't tell you what he has to say or what they think, then I don't know what to tell you. Because the Rockets have been talking about the Warriors for years, it seems like. And they this is, not, this is not the first time they've met in the Western Conference Finals. Just three years ago in 2015, the Warriors did win the championship that year too. The Warriors faced the Rockets as a one seed. In the Western Conference Finals, I think the Rockets were a three, or wasn't sure if they were a two seed or not. Can't really remember that far back, but I probably should have looked that up. But it's off the cuff. So 
but this is game one was a great victory for the Warriors. They ended up winning that game 119-106 over the Rockets. KD was the star of the game. He was a star on the floor, best player on the floor. Although he didn't finish with the most points, he definitely had the most impact. KD finished with 37 points. He's 52% from the field. He made six free throws, and he was shot 50% from three-point land. And can we just talk about how KD's the best player in the world now? I know Steph wasn't, but KD is playing like the best player in the world. I know there's a guy named LeBron James, but we saw what KD did to LeBron James last year in the finals. <laughs> it wasn't pretty for LeBron. So, uh, But KD was unbelievable in game one like he always is. Clay had 28 points. Steph really needs to step it up, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. He's a big part of the series because the Rockets want to abuse him in pick and roll. But we'll get to that. Draymond had a big night. He had a plus 19 in the plus-minus category in Game 1. And the Warriors eventually pulled that one out and beat Rockets, like I said, 119 to 106. Not to be um, shadowed. Is that the right word? Shadowed? James Harden had 41 points. He was unbelievable in that Game 2. In Game 1, but in that game also. <laughs> Shouldn't have said 2, but, you know. Uh, he had 41 points in that game, 7 assists. The only problem is... Uh, by the way, Chris Paul had 23 points. He was still good, too. He had 11 rebounds just from roaming the court because long shots, long rebounds make sense. But for James Harden, the stats look nice, but the problem is in Game 1, the war- or the Rockets were holding on to the ball too long, in particular Chris Paul and especially James Harden. James Harden held the ball so long that he would take the clock all the way down to about five, four seconds, even one second at one possession where... He would just pass it to a teammate, and they really couldn't do anything with it. And the Warriors just keyed in and forced a 24-second shot, shot clock violation. I think they forced it three times in that game one. And that's just incredible defense, but it's also a fault to the Rockets' offense. Because what happens is if you hold the ball for that long, those other guys who want to get involved in the offense, they're not going to feel too good about shooting the ball when they only have a, a couple seconds, three seconds to shoot. So when James Harden would hold the ball or Chris Paul would hold the ball for that long, you're not really helping your teammates out. And I know that's kind of what they've done all year, but when you're facing the best, the best, maybe not the best defense, but the best perimeter defense that the Warriors are, you simply can't do that. And definitely the Rockets made adjustments in game two, but we're still talking about game one. But uh, coming into this series, I wondered if Steve Kerr was going to start Kevon Looney or not, or is he just going to stick with the hot lineup the long lineup of the Hamptons five that's been so successful for years. You know, usually they come into the game later, maybe second, third, fourth quarter, and they kind of take control of the game. Well, in that Pelican series, the last two games of the series, four and five, Steve Kerr decided to go to that Hamptons lineup after that terrible game three. And he said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go Hamptons five games, four and five. And they took care of the Pelicans in five, five games. And that, Really set the tone for, I think, for this Rocket series coming up. But when you think about it, Looney would not have been that bad of a start. He gives you a little bit more strength than Iguodala does. He's not as long as Iguodala, Iguodala is, but he's also not the defender Iguodala is. But one thing Looney can do is he can get a body on Capella and Draymond when they have to worry, worry about Capella. Also, Looney can guard the perimeter a little bit. He can stay in front of James Harden. At least just stay in front of him because it's pretty hard to stay in front of James Harden. But uh, no, he could stay in front of Chris Paul. James Harden did work Kevon Looney a little bit in that game one, even though he didn't start. Um, but Harden's been working a lot of people in the series, so or in this, this season. So 
Uh, Looney, to no fault, he still had a good series, or a good game one. And then <clears throat> I was wondering if he was going to start because he can do all those things. So they decided to go with the Hamptons 5, which, I mean, at the end, hindsight, it's still, no matter which lineup you start, you still have the core four of, you know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and KD, and that's not a bad four. You could stick a lamppost out there and be fine. So, uh, but no, Iguodala still had his impact. It wasn't his Iguodala himself, but he still had an impact. I mean, it's Andre Iguodala. He's a finals MVP, writes for itself. <clears throat> Excuse me. But moving on, uh, they didn't start Looney, so we're past that. But also another big story in this series was how are we going to control the Warriors? How are the Warriors going to control Clint Capella's rebounding and his shot blocking? But in game one, Draymond seemed to handle that pretty well. He didn't get, he only, I think he only gave up, what was it, three offensive rebounds? I think six total rebounds to Clint Capella. But the offensive rebounds is the big part of that whole equation. Because if the Rockets get second chance points, that's when they do their damage. That's when the defense isn't set. They can just dish it to somebody driving in. Or they can dish out to a three-pointer in the corner, which they love to do. They love to shoot threes. So offensive rebounding was going to be big for the Warriors to stop Clint Capella. And Clint Capella is one of the best at doing it. That's why he fits so perfectly with that team. But... Draymond seemed to do a really good job. He is plus minus, speak, speaks for itself as it usually does because he's not a big stat sheet guy. He'll, he'll get a triple-double, triple-double, excuse me. He almost averages a triple-double now, I think, for maybe the first time in Warriors history, I think I heard that. So that's really impressive. But his stat sheet usually isn't his thing. If you look at the plus minus category, there's a distinct difference when he is on the floor. His plus minus is unreal. He had plus 19 in that category tonight. Like I said earlier. So in that game, Harden went for 41, even though he really turned the ball over a lot and did credit for those turnovers because he was putting his other teammates in bad position. Um, But the 41 points is kind of deceiving. But I think the main takeaway from this game is if you control the pace and you control at least the rebounding, then you'll be fine. And really, the Warriors could have played a lot better. I was going to ask if this is the best the Rockets could have played, but I think tonight, with Game 2, they showed that's the best they could play because they were unbelievable tonight. Everyone was getting involved and moving the ball. But that's that's they had a really good night. So, But another big story in this Game 1 coming into the series, you know, as we look back, was Steph Curry's defense, and they were going to have Steph try and switch on to Harden so that, not for the Warriors, but for the Rockets' sake, so that they could beat him up a little bit, get mismatches for Harden. Because obviously when you have Andre Godala and Klay Thompson and even Draymond Green and even Kevin Durant can guard the perimeter, when you have those great perimeter defenders, Steph isn't as great. He's still good, but he's not as great as those other four. So it's getting the best matchup you can. And then that also works for the Rockets because then you tire out Stephen Curry. And so when you tire out Stephen Curry, maybe he doesn't have the legs to shoot, and he's really struggled this series in shooting so far. We'll get to that. And it kind of beats him up a little bit. And he is coming off that MCL sprain. So I could definitely see the Rockets wanting to do that. And in that game one, I think Steph Curry handled it pretty well, if I have to say. Steph did very well switching. He took the contact. He wasn't too, he didn't get too flustered. And I thought he did pretty well. 
So I think that showed a little bit of toughness from him. I was really proud of how he played. He really looked like an MVP, even though his shooting didn't you know, recognize that. He still played defensively pretty well, and he grabbed 11 rebounds. Or no, that was Chris Paul, sorry. Steph grabbed... I don't have it in front of me. I think... But he had a, he, he had more rebounds than I think Clay did. But that's kind of just because Steph re, just roams like Chris Paul does, and he just kind of hovers and you know gets these long rebounds like Chris Paul. So that's kind of deceiving. But still, he, he what my point is, getting back to my point, he didn't just show up with his shooting because he didn't really do anything shooting-wise. But he still helped out the team with assists. He did have eight assists in that game one, even though he's one of five from three. So that's he does create space even though his shooting may not go well. I always say if you put Steph in a wheelchair – you still have to respect the distance of shooting he has. So when that happens is it brings out guys for back cuts. It can bring out drivers, and then he can kick it. So he's effective even if he's not shooting well. But uh, I think that's enough for game one. Like I said, us Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, take that game 119-106, and they accomplish their goal, splitting, getting at least one game in Houston and taking home court advantage. The Rockets worked 82 games, won 65 of them, to get that number one seed. And in 48 minutes, the Warriors snatched it from them. Snatched it. So that was great. I loved it. The game was intense. It was on, you know, edge of your seat kind of stuff. It's playoff basketball. It's really fun. And I love these kind of games as a Warriors fan because it shows how dominant, how great this team really is. And honestly, they could have played better. Like I said, Steph didn't shoot well. Katie and Clay. Katie had 37. Clay had 28. Clay was, <clears throat> Clay was probably, if not the best player, which he was. I mean, and Katie's the best player on the floor, but Clay's second or third to Harden. I mean, Clay might be the best athlete on this team, and that's saying something with the kind of athletes that are on this Warriors team. He runs so much. He's always moving. He's always guarding the best perimeter player for the other team, whether it's you know the Blazers with C.J. McCollum or. Mike Conley with the Grizzlies in recent years, or James Harden in this series, or Kyrie Irving with the Cleveland Cavaliers, you get my point, is that Clay, they usually try and hide Steph in the defensive scheme because Clay is such a long and better defender than Steph is. So when that happens, it tires, it should tire out Clay. But yeah, he still finds a way, like tonight, where he's guarding James Harden or he's guarding Chris Paul. And he still fish, finishes with 50% shooting and 28 points. And he was 6 of 15 from three-point land. That's pretty incredible. He played 42 minutes in this game one. That's incredible. So, Clay does not get the recognition he deserves. Might be the most underrated player in the NBA. I mean, there's a lot of underrated players. But as far as defense, offense, I think he's the best two-guard in the league. You can call me biased. You can call me whatever. But show me someone else who can score like him and who can defend like him. And then I'll give props. Maybe the only the only other defender I can really think of that's like Clay is there's tons of scores. But the only other defender I could think of is like Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley's a really good defender. Steph's had his troubles against Avery in the Avery in the past. So, um, but Clay is definitely underrated. So I'll put a bow on game one. Moving to game two, that just happened. The bad news. Start off on a positive note. Going to get a little bit more ugly. Because the Warriors got thumped. Got thumped in game two. And I was going into this. The whole narrative is, oh, get greedy, Warriors. Take two and take two in Houston. You'd be thinking, sweet. 
bring out the brooms. But not so fast. We got to realize this Houston Rockets team won 65 games. They're legit. They're the, they're the one seed for a reason. And even though the Warriors have won two championships out of the past three years, have gone to three straight finals, that doesn't mean anything. It's a different year. We still have KD. We still have all those great players. But the Rockets did win 65 games for a reason. And they have the MVP this year. So that is not to be taken lightly. Let's just kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, so, But in game two, they thumped the Golden State Warriors. The Houston Rockets did. And the final score to that game was 125 to 107. So when you just look at some of the stats, <clears throat> I was talking about in game one how the others of the Houston Rockets didn't play well, and it wasn't really because of their, you know, wasn't really their fault. It was more Chris Paul and James Harden just holding on to the ball for too long, not really giving their the other role players a chance to get involved. But that completely changed. Throw everything I said about game one completely out the window because game two, the Rockets were a completely different team. They're more focused. They out-hustled the Warriors. The Warriors got caught into stupid fouls or jumping into, jump, jumping into pump fakes. The, the Rockets just outplayed them in every facet. So, But when we look at the point totals, P.J. Tucker, 22 points. Eric Gordon, 27 points. Trevor Reza, 19 points. Chris Paul had 16, not 23 like Game 1. And then Harden, who had 41 points in Game 1, had only 27 tonight. So definitely you can just see from the point totals and not really anything else that they were spreading the ball around. Harden and Paul made a concerned effort to get the others involved, played smarter, played faster. And with the Warriors, it kind of played into the Rockets' hands in the first quarter, committed seven turnovers in 12 minutes, five turnovers in the first five minutes. And that is a recipe for disaster. That's what I call disaster. So when you turn the ball over that much, and give the Rockets that many, that many transition points and those open threes in the corners and wings, and then the Warriors are lazy to get back. Not, transition defense is awful tonight. Everything was just not working. And vice versa. Everything for the Rockets was working because of the Warriors' turnovers, because they weren't getting back. But credit the Rockets. I mean, they really came out to play, and they, they, looked, they looked like the more desperate, they looked like the more hungry team out there. And that's not, you know, that's not a knock. That's just they needed it. And I've noticed in this Warriors playoff run, in the Steve Kerr era, even in the Mark Jackson, Mike, yeah, Mark Jackson era, not Mike, Mark Jackson era. <laughs> Sorry about that, but uh, even in that era, the Warriors when they went up 2-0, they would always lose Game Three because in this Steve Kerr era, we've seen usually the first two games are in Oakland. Actually, ever since Steve Kerr has become the head coach, every playoff series for the Warriors, including the finals, have been in Oakland to start the first two games. And usually every time, except for maybe a couple occasions, the Warriors have won every single playoff game in the first two games of a series. And that's incredible in itself. Because when you think about it, to go up 2-0 to start a series every time, I mean, that's the stranglehold on a series. So the, the Rockets had a chance to do that in this series because they had the first two games at home. Although the Warriors took the first one, that was, I think that was such a huge game. And I was hoping they were able to take the second. But when you think about it, it's felt like a game three, and I'll explain myself. Because when the Warriors usually go up 2-0 like they do at home, they kind of have a letdown game. Or they have this improbable comeback. I remember in, I remember in 2015, the Warriors were in the first round of the playoffs, first year of Steve Kerr era. And they're in the first 
They're in 2015. They're in the first round facing the New Orleans Pelicans. And in Game 3, the Warriors are up 2-0 in New Orleans. Steph hit a crazy three to tie the game, put the game in overtime. And the Warriors miraculously came back, I think like down 20 in that game. And they only hit like one three, and that was the game-tying three. And then to send it to overtime, they took over in overtime and won that game. But I think, but in game threes, usually, I think the record, I don't know what the record is, but it's like 500 or below 500 in game threes. Um, so usually the Warriors have that letdown game whenever they go on the road up 2-0. That's what it kind of felt like tonight. I kind of felt like the Rockets needed this game. They were desperate. And I feel like after that big game one victory, the Warriors are just going to have a letdown. You know, as sad as it is, that just seems to happen because usually when you go up, 1-0 on the road, you're like, oh, we already got a split and just kind of relax. You know, we're going back home. He's still home court. Just chill out, you know? But not the case. Uh, the Rockets came out. They were more desperate, hungry, like I said, and uh, they put it to them. So this felt like a game three to me because they had that letdown. Although game three in the series is actually coming up in Oakland, game three and four. So if the Warriors take both those games in Oakland, which they should – I think they've actually won 15 straight Warrior playoff home games. That's pretty crazy. That's dominance at home. That's what you need to see. So hopefully 16 and 17 come up when they come back to Oakland for those two games, three and four. Uh, and then they go up 3-1, and then hopefully close out in five. I don't even want to see game six back in Oakland if we take the next two. So it's win three straight in the series. <clears throat> but... The Achilles heel, no pun intended because Chris Paul actually hurt his Achilles in this game. Uh, I think he had a ruptured Achilles before the playoffs. I think he might have had, I don't think he had surgery, but he's been recovering from it. But the Achilles heel for the Warriors in this game was not only the poor shooting from Steph and Clay, but it was the turnover numbers. Like I said, they had seven in the first quarter. In game one, the Warriors had nine total turnovers and tonight they had seven in the first quarter and 11 in the first half they did settle down after the first quarter though and they only they had 15 total turnovers and what my rule of thumb is in basketball at least in nba basketball is around 12 turnovers if you can stay around 12 that's a pretty good game but 15 isn't too outrageous it's just when they came because when you bunch all those turnovers in the first half, that gives them a commanding advantage. And then you have to play from behind, which the Warriors have done. But in the Western Conference Finals, in a hostile environment like Houston, that is no easy order. That is a tall task. So after that happened, you kind of just felt like the Warriors are going to be out of this one. Um, it's kind of sad because I, I really wanted to see this team get greedy. You know, take two from Houston in Houston, and come back home and try and sweep. I think a lot of Warrior fans kind of expected that. But I think we just need to pump the brakes, realize, yeah, this is a Rockets team, that they, they've proved themselves this season that they're legit, and they showed it tonight. It's not to be taken lightly, but one quick thing on Steph, um, he needs to play better. He is the X factor in this series, as he usually always is. KD's unbelievable. He had, KD had 38 points tonight. Off a 37-point game the night or in game one. So he's just killing it. But Steph needs to step up. Steph at 18 in game one, 16 tonight, just not doing it. He's one of eight from three-point land. That's not going to get it done. 
rarely does one of eight from three-point land ever win you a game, and tonight it didn't. I mean, you can sometimes get away with it if you could take care of the ball, if you out-rebound, you know, you pass, the other guys get involved, but nothing seemed to work tonight for the Golden State Warriors. Clay was 3 of 11 from field. He had eight points off a 28-point tw- game one. He had eight tonight. So that was frustrating. The Warriors overall shot 30% from three-point land, and which is kind of upsetting because KD shot 27 from the postseason. But actually, in this postseason, he actually hasn't done too bad from three-point land. He's around 45 to 50%. So it's like right when KD gets better from three-point land, the rest of the guys start slacking. But what I want to make a point is, is that Steph, if you're not shooting well, you have to defend better because you're being a liability out there. I know he has a tough MCL sprain he's coming off of, but you've got to defend better. You've got to at least... I mean, he was driving the night, but the three-point ball, when if you start to drive too much, they're not going to really respect you from out there. And then they feel like if you can't get around somebody, they can kind of cut off your airspace, get tight on you. So that's kind of crippling our offense. Um, but when Steph gets hot, it's unbelievable. And it just felt like tonight it was around 14 to 10-point deficit the whole game, and then it blew up at the end. But uh, it felt like we were just one curry flurry. <laughs> away from tying it or taking the lead. And just never came. He just it's rare when you see Steph have back to back shooting poor poorly back to back back to back shooting games. Um but that's really sad because we really need him right now. It's the biggest series of the year. Um biggest series since the finals last year. Honestly this might be a tougher series than the finals last year. Uh but we know what happened in twenty sixteen when Steph came off an MCL sprain. I remember specifically in Game 7 of that final series against the Cavs. We all know what happened. But more specifically, in like the last five minutes, Steph was coming off the same injury he had right now. And he had Kevin Love at the top of the key, top of the three-point line, and he just couldn't shake him. Steph Curry not shaking Kevin Love, that's a joke. He can shake him 10 out of 10 times unless he's coming off an MCL sprain. So this MCL sprain is a little concerning. I wonder if it's affecting his shot. He's in the post-game pressers. He's saying he's fine, but he he needs to be Steph. We need him right now, and I think once they come back to Oakland, he'll get feed off the energy of the crowd. I, three three games in a row he shoots poorly. I highly doubt that. And Clay, same thing. Three games in a row he's gonna shoot poor, or two games in a row he's gonna shoot poorly. I don't see that happening either. I think game three is just gonna be. It's going to be in control for the Warriors. I don't say domination because rarely do you see domination in a conference final series. So even game one for the Warriors wasn't domination. They only won by 13. It's a lot closer than that, it seemed like. So No, but do you, you rarely see back-to-back, never mind three poor shooting games in a row for such a great shooter like Steph or Clay. So, But when the Warriors come back home, they'll have the crowd behind them. Steph will have the crowd behind them. And then you can... You know, when the visiting team, their role players rarely ever shoot that well on the road. It's just historic. That always happens. So, Tucker getting 22 points? That ain't going to happen. He, I think he's 8-9 from the field tonight. That's ridiculous. Ariza and Tucker, 5-6 from three-point land. Come on. You're not hitting 5-6 in Oracle, dude. No chance. And especially watching the film? No. Ariza, 19? No. Eric Gordon, he's probably the closest one. That can come to come to where he had tonight. He had 27 tonight. He's not going to get 27 at Oracle, but I could see him finishing with maybe 16, 
maybe 20 tops. That's pushing it, though. Warriors will be focused. I think they got this one. Uh, and Eric Gordon, I don't see Eric Gordon getting 27. No way. Uh, so that's just not going to happen. But Harden and Paul, they're do, they'll, they'll do their thing. Uh, if the Warriors, I mean, Rockets, if the Warriors win these next two games, you you got you got to win it win at Oracle to even win the series because Warriors really they have home court advantage. They could win the rest of the home games. See you later. Run to the finals. So the Rockets got to win one at Oracle, and they need some of those. They need a shooting night like this where they got Gordon going for twenty seven, Ariza going for nineteen, Tucker on for twenty two. So I don't see that happening. Uh, rarely do you ever see role players shoot like that on the road, if ever. Uh, but I thought, I thought overall this game was just a throwaway game. The Rockets had everything going for them. Warriors didn't. So, no, but uh, this is a fun podcast I want to keep doing. I know it was almost a 30-minute podcast. It didn't seem like it. I feel like, I feel like it just flew by. But uh, I feel like I want to talk about something else I can't think of right now. But, um, yeah, I just can't think of it. Overall, it's a throwaway game. Just get rid of it. I'm just, you know, out of sight, out of mind, that kind of thing. Warriors will get back, look at the film. Oh, that's what I want to bring up. It just came to me. When the Warriors are in transition tonight, I talked about how bad they were in, you know, transition defense. It just seemed like every time they got back and we turned it over, we missed a shot. Like, Draymond or KD or Clay, they just had, like, blinders on. Like, the, you know, in horses, when they race, in horse racing, they have these things called blinders, and it doesn't allow them to see left or right so they don't get distracted. So they just stay in straight and watch, you know, stay the course. It almost seemed like Steph, Clay, Draymond, everyone that was de- in transition defending night just had these blinders on. They couldn't see left to right. They just couldn't see Aries in the corner. They couldn't see Tucker in the corner. Couldn't see Aries on the wing. Couldn't see Gordon on the wing. It just they're just so slow getting back. It's just very unwarrior like. I've rarely seen that poorly of a defensive game in a long time. So maybe ever in the Steve career, even Mark Jackson because Jackson was a defensive coach first. So, but that was really frustrating, and I couldn't believe I was seeing that. And the help defense wasn't there. That was really frustrating. This whole game was just ugh. Bleed off the DVR. I don't even want to see it again. Out of sight, out of mind, like I said. So, no, but that's what I wanted to bring up. Hopefully, the Warriors get this next two in Oakland. They need the next two. And uh, we'll be on the way to either playing Boston or Cleveland. Looks like it's going to be Boston. Boston's up 2 0. They're playing really well. They're the best. They're, they're actually the best defensive team in the league. And they, uh, they're showing it this postseason. Even without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, which is really scary because. He's got these young guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart's great defender. I remember when they traded Avery Bradley, I was just like, why? Because Avery Bradley's such a good defender. He fits great into that Bradley uh, Stevens, Brad Stevens, not Bradley, Brad Stevens system scheme. And I thought he was just perfect for that, for that team. But we'll get there when we get there. We've got to beat the Rockets. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself. And so just got to beat the Cavs, so. A little ahead of myself, but it's hard not to when you're this close to the finals. Just it's so exciting. I love this time of year. So, but no, uh, this is Kobe work. I'm gonna be posting some more of these Warriors episodes. Maybe I'll post another one when the series is over, or might do one whenever I feel like it. You know, after maybe a game or two, do another one of these. Recap those also. But uh, the A's one's gonna be coming out soon. I have a lot to talk about that. Raiders one's gonna be coming out soon. I have a lot to talk about that. 
So uh, maybe the draft review. So keep an eye on that, eye out on these. Also post I post the links to these podcasts on my Facebook, on my Twitter, on my Instagram. So if you want to follow me on all those, um, be great. Appreciate it. Give me a little shout out. I don't care. Ask me some questions. What do you want to hear me talk about? Anything. But just thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. And I'll do more of these. So this is the first episode of the Warrior Series by Kobe Work and TK Sports. Thanks, guys, for listening.